The Nerd and Me Podcast presents The Week in Geek with your anchors, Alan and Jonathan, with the five-day forecast, The Weather Wizard, and Casey Jones on sports. Good evening, this is Alan, and welcome to The Week in Geek. Jonathan, what's the top story? Alan, unfortunately, we have some sad news to report uh, earlier this week. Uh, Luke Perry, most famous as Dylan Walsh on 90210, or maybe not Walsh, but most famous as Dylan on 90210, Perry Hills 90210 back in the early 90s, passed away at the age of 52 after suffering a stroke last Friday, I believe. Um, his geek credit includes Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, and most recently starring as, I believe, Archie Andrews' dad on the hit CW show, Riverdale. Very sad. Very sad. Young guy to be in your 50s and have a stroke. Yeah, I, I'm assuming, because when it was reported on Friday, it was reported as a very bad stroke, so I'm just assuming he was probably on life support and they just decided to take him off it. Sure. Um earlier this week and um, right. very suddenly I, I mean that's how strokes work right it yeah. just happens suddenly so uh, but yeah he was the uh, original like boyfriend I guess in Buffy the Vampire Slayer in a movie with um, Chrissy what's her uh, Chrissy Swanson I believe her name was uh, which was written by Joss Whedon who worked with him and then, and then he, a few years later got the idea to make into a TV show um, that Luke Perry was not a part of. Uh, I remember him mostly, obviously, from 90210. I wasn't a big fan of that show, but I did watch Melrose Place, which came on after it. And he also did a stint on the HBO series Oz, which was the prison drama. And he was really good in that. And then he would pop up here or there. And I always liked him. He always seemed like a... His reports coming out of Hollywood, you know, everybody's paying tribute to him on social media, is he was just a really great, swell guy, you know, no, no real ego or anything. And, you know, especially when 90210 hit, he was in the right spot to have an ego and kind of be a jerk and apparently he, you know none of that really affected him yeah uh yeah very very sad you know what's yeah. what's neat about him he he does have that unique look like almost like a really you know a classic look very charismatic guy but yeah it's true you know you never heard of anything really negative about him and, and the thing is everybody talks about you know with friends came out how the rachel haircut was the thing well for guys i guess it was you know him and Brandon, the haircuts they had. Uh, J- uh, Jason Priestley. Priestley. Well, yeah, those yeah. were the haircuts all the guys were getting back then. Well, they brought you know? back the sideburns, is what happened. Yeah, that's right. They brought back sideburns. They brought back the haircut. Yeah. Um, it was almost anti-surfer in a way, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though they were in California. So yeah, it's it's um, you know, I, I think it it hits hard harder around our age because he's only a few years older than us and. Some guy you look at is he's probably very healthy, you know, with a probably fairly healthy lifestyle, probably worked out daily and things like that. And yeah, but it is sad. Uh, I saw a meme on uh, Facebook uh, said something like, if, "If you know a woman between like forty and fifty-five or something like that, they're you know make sure they're okay, check in on them because they're definitely upset today." Oh, you know? <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 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 Super popular, but I, I was—I'm kind of like you. I think it was more of a Merrill's place kind. Only maybe because we were older, you know, the setting was right. We're, uh, we were in college when it came out. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I gravitated yeah. more towards that. Yeah, because that was a straight-up high school job, even though all the kids were thirty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Melrose. We, we gravitated more toward Melrose, but yeah. Yeah, and I think it's that whole, like I said, close in age, relatively healthy guy. It's it's a little, you know. That's not the news you wake up to on Monday that, that Luke Perry passes away. You know? Right, right, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, and uh, thanks for Buffy, thanks for Oz, thanks for 90210, and thanks for uh, Riverdale. I was really, it was funny, because I, I don't watch Riverdale, but I know it's got a lot of um, pop culture relevance right now, and I, I was surprised to find out that Luke Perry was on it, because I didn't, I didn't think about the parents. I was just like, oh, all these teenagers, you know, all the all these yeah. star teenagers. But they all, and all the parents are, not all of them, but some of them are recognizable names from, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, really? Like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, fairly interesting. And he was obviously the most well-known to me. Wow. So I was like, wow, Luke Perry, that's cool. Well, then I'm assuming, um, you know, recording is probably shut down if he played like a major part of it or something, right? 
Yeah, they shut down production for a little while, let them grieve, and the producers are also going to dedicate every episode for the rest of the season to them. Oh, there you go. And then I guess they have to figure out how to. I don't. I don't know. Do you replace him? What do you? Do you have him pass away out on the show? This does his character pass away on the show, or do you slide in another actor? Like, how do you handle that? How do they usually do that? I know in Glee, that guy uh, Corey Monteith. I think Monteith. When they died, yeah. I mean they they had this whole episode of him really dying, and that's how they kind right. of addressed that. You know, but yeah, how do they? How do they usually do it? I don't know. I mean. It's rare when it happens. I'm trying to think of another. Yeah. Well, well, oh, oh, oh another well, the, the John Ritter series. show. Remember, they just flat out canceled the show, didn't they? No, they did a year after that, and they actually, yeah, he passed away on the show. And um, uh, Rockford, the guy that played Rockford, I can't remember his real name, he moved in as the grandfather. Oh, really? Um, okay. And David Spade had a role on it for some reason too. Huh. And then they had, um, oh, I just, oh, when Coach died on Cheers, you know the. They addressed it, but they didn't make it like an episode. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And uh, and then Woody just came in to replace. Actually, I think, I think he died in between seasons, and they just kind of came back with and Woody. Was like, you know, co- 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 well, they were like Coach died like two months ago or something. And yeah. They, like that first episode back, they interviewed Woody and hired him. Yeah. So. So yeah, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head of of a, of a star, passing away during their show. So. Yeah. Same here. Hmm? Okay. All right. Sad news. All right, Alan, our next uh, story is um, finally, since waiting since July, a Marvel movie has hit the big screen again. Well, it's about to. Uh, as of today's recording, on the 6th of March, tomorrow the 7th, tomorrow evening, Captain Marvel is debuting with its official release date, Friday, March 8th. Uh, you know, we talked the last two weeks about the controversy going on with Captain Marvel and the ratings and what Rotten Tomatoes did and all this other stuff. Uh, so we're finally going to get to see it ourselves, and we're finally going to get to judge for ourselves um, how good this movie is. Today, uh, coincidentally, was the release of uh, the reviewers, the like official reviewers, the pros. They were allowed to release. They were put up on Rotten Tomatoes. Their reviews. So it currently has an 85% on the tomato meter from from all critics. But if you click top critics, which are you know the, the major magazines and newspapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it drops to 64% fresh. So it goes with all critics, which is um, 178. There's a total of 178 reviews from all critics at 85%, from uh, which would mean 151 fresh, 27 rotten. Top critics, there's 33 of them, 21 fresh, 12 rotten. So uh, 64%. So out of a total of 27 rotten, 12 of them are from the top critics. So I don't know what that means. I look. I've spoken many times on our shows about Rotten Tomatoes and their critic ratings, and it would be hypocritical of me to be like, oh, see, the top critics didn't like it, so it's not going to be good, because I'm always complaining about how they liked The Last Jedi, and I couldn't stand it, and they liked, I think they liked Solo, and I couldn't stand it. So I'm not going to go and say that Rotten Tomatoes is right now. This could be a total different situation could have poor critical ratings and i might love it i don't know but i do know that the people that do care about rotten tomatoes this is making them nervous this is probably marvel's first what first time they're kind of scared maybe i mean did they did you ever had a sense of any movie that they came out in the last 10 years where they're like eh, it's out there but we're not really that confident with it this is probably the first one first like chink in the armor i think yeah, and I wonder how much of it is all the controversy. Like, I don't believe it's being review-bombed. I would have believed that if most of the ratings were not from the top critics. But these are, we're talking Vanity Fair, Variety, New York Post, New York Times, you know, whatever. Whatever newspapers are huge out wet. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. all these top people. And um, that's that's the one. Um, again, I don't follow them per se, what they say. But it is curious that they're not. Um, and basically, it's just that it's kind of bland that it doesn't live up to its potential. Um, they don't take any major. I read a few of the uh, negative reviews, and they don't take any real pot shots at anything. Okay. Um, but here, Avengers Infinity War got 85% from the critics. So, you know, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, oh, you know, so Captain Morgan, 84%. 
Ant-Man got an 88. Well, Captain Marvel's currently 84. Ant-Man and the Wasp got 88. Avenger, Ant-Man and the Wasp got a better critical score than Infinity War. What? By three points. 88 versus 85. Wow. Black Panther, Panther got a 97. Um, Ragnarok got a 92. Homecoming got a 92. Guardians got an 80. Guardians got an 84. Wow. Uh, Doctor Strange got an 89. Guardians 2, I'm sorry. Uh, Doctor Strange got an 89. Civil War got a 91. Ant-Man 1 got an 82. Age of Ultron got a 75. Yeah, they're all over the place with these scores. Guardians 1 got a 91. Winter Soldier got a 90. Dark World got a 67. Right there, right there. Uh, Iron Man 3 an 80. Avengers 92. First Avenger 80. First Avenger got an 80? Thor got a 77. Iron Man 2 got 73. Incredible Hulk 67, Iron Man 93. Okay. Yeah, they're all over the place. They're right. all over the place. Right, right. So who knows? Yeah. You know, well, we're going to see it this weekend. We're going to our next show, actually, our weekend show is going to be our thoughts on Captain Marvel. So uh, I'm going to be trying to be as fair as I can with it. But what I was trying to say is I don't know that these reviews are based on quote unquote trolls or the controversy. That's what I'm saying. Right. I'll tell you what, when they let the audience reviews, that's. Well, you probably got to look out for <laughs> that. That might be uh, manipulated by both sides, maybe, you know. Sure. So. All right. That is kind of crazy. For the but... first time, Marvel, like I said, it's, this is the first time where I think people really scrutinize a Marvel movie. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, and it's all because of Brie Larson opening her mouth and saying what she said. Yeah. Huh? It's amazing. <laughs> It really is. Yeah, but to be fair, you know, you you and I have both said on record, like our level of excitement of this movie was never that great to begin with, even before she opened her mouth. So, um, well, that's because I don't find Captain Marvel an interesting character. I'd rather I just never found her interesting. They're, they're, like we said last week, or uh, yeah, last week, they're trying to make her into Marvel's Wonder Woman. Yeah, and yeah, it's just not. I don't, I don't think it's working. And I, think, I think they know it's working. Kevin Feige actually said that she's the most powerful hero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ugh, Which, when I read that, freaked me out because I'm like, oh my god, they're going to use her to defeat Thanos. Right, right. No and, you know, I, I've said it many times how I feel about that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Alan, you know what time it is? It's time to hit it. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's time You know, one of these days we're going to have to like upload what it sounds like when we don't add the music. <laughs> <laughs> I might am when I do that. I I feel so darn silly. <laughs> All right, we'll do that at our goodbye show. There you go. Yeah, so right. people don't feel bad when they when they stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you see the new trailer for uh, Shazam, Alan? I sure did. Shazam. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I. All right. It's. It's. I said this to see before we started recording. It's big but with superpowers because he zach levi was directed to i'm assuming and the script called for him to act like a child even as captain marvel hmm. right and i think we see well i don't think i know for a fact in the second trailer where we see a whole lot more going on we see him doing a lot of that mm. a lot of that like a child yeah and it does for me. It doesn't bode well for how I want to enjoy this movie. But then it brings up the question, is this movie made for us or is it made for the 12, 13-year-old? Eh, it's made for everybody. I mean, like, how many kids today actually remember Big? That's true, too. So, yeah. I mean, my issues is, I, I you know, I, I still have not been sold with his freaking costume. It, You know Zach's not that big. You know, right. It just, he just, it just looks so awkward. Yeah, he doesn't fill it out. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, you can easily tell it just doesn't make sense. But and so you know, may, I mean, if his suit has a reason to be that big, maybe it's like body armor. You know, maybe because he's not as impervious. Like, there's a real reason why it looks like that. Fine, but th- that's not Zach. <laughs> that's not Zachary Levi's body. You know, Henry Cavill, he sold it. You know, that's him. You know, with or without the costume, that guy's jacked. Zach, right. not so much. I, I, well, um, to steal a quote from you from our Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull podcast, <laughs> yeah, his clothes just don't look like they fit him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, it, it, yeah, it looks like it's looked like they dropped a normal sized human being into like <laughs> like 
body armor, sh- you know, painted to be a Shazam costume. Right. Um, even the way he walks, he walks, he walks the way I walk when I'm pretending I had big muscles. <laughs> my arms. That's right. Yeah, the big muscle walk. I like that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm trying not to. Look, I spent the better part of last year crapping on this movie. So <laughs> I'm trying to be a better person about it. I'm going to have an open mind about it. But Good for look, you. If, if Captain Marvel itself doesn't do well this weekend or, or isn't as good as people want it to be, and Shazam isn't as good as people want it to be, then frankly, it's not a good time to have a movie and be named Captain Marvel and Eater, cinematic universe, it seems. Mm-hmm. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Okay. Okay, Jonathan, Dungeons and Dragons is to release new source books for young adventurers. Yes, Dungeons and Dragons, boy, right now currently I believe they're in their fifth edition. And if if you ever picked up one of their starter sets, it's a whole lot to read. So what they did is they're starting the D&D Young Adventurers Guides, and it will be coming out in July. I believe there's four books total, with two coming out in July and the other two coming out in in the coming months. So... Uh, it's it's if you haven't played Dungeons and Dragons, this is a good starting on point. So even you know kids can jump in and you know you too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I wonder if it, I wonder if the um, we talked about a couple of weeks ago the Stranger Things edition of Dungeons and Dragons. I wonder if that's one of the kids started or if it's just a regular <laughs> because I've been seeing it online for pre-order. I feel like there must be a big push at Dungeons and Dragons because I'm going to report on two other Dungeons and Dragons stories in a second. But it seems like they're very popular. Um, they just did an episode of Big Bang Theory centered around that. Uh, you know who's a big Dungeons & Dragons fan? Who? Uh, Vin Diesel. He oh, plays. Yeah, right, and yeah. and Joe Mangiello, the guy that was Deathstroke at the end of Justice League and, oh, and yeah. Magic Mike. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a, he's a big D&D guy, too. So uh, apparently it's out there. And it's cool to be a Hollywood actor. And, well, I guess if you look like Vin Diesel or Joe Mangiello, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, away with it, yeah. <laughs> and to come out as a Dungeons and Dragons fan, which is such a weird world we're living in. <laughs> yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, to piggyback on that Dungeons and Dragons news, uh, there is a documentary coming out called Eye of the Beholder, The Art of Dungeons and Dragons. It's going to be wide release May 14th. It says for home viewing. So I'm assuming some kind of digital format. Hmm. I don't know if it's going to a service or on demand. I don't know what it's going to do, but that's what the story said um, for for home viewing. So, um, yeah, well, that's a big thing about Dungeons & Dragons, the art, the cover arts. It's almost like that that, um, Frizzetti type art from the heavy metal covers. Right. Except the the women aren't as scantily clad, I don't think, on the Dungeons & Dragons art. Mm -hmm could be um yeah so that looks interesting i think i might take a a look at that and also there yeah there was a movie that was kind of surprised me i've never heard this i again you and i are not dungeons and dragon people but apparently a cartoon for something called critical role which is a dungeons and dragon thing the uh movie an animated special called the legend of vox machina went on kickstarter uh, to you know, raise money to make the film, and they raised five million dollars in less than two days. Damn. Um, so I'm reading this off of Geek Tyrant. If you're a critter, the name for people with the Critical Role fandom, you should be mighty proud of yourself and your fandom. Less than two days, you have raised over five million for the animated special The Legend of Vox Machina. Your response has shocked everyone at Critical Role in the world, as people are trying to figure out why this Dungeons and Dragons thing has earned so much so quickly. So what they're doing, because they earn so much so quickly, is they want to expand it more from just a uh, animated special to um, a whole season. Oh, okay, yeah. Into a series. So after the first few episodes, which will serve as a prequel, the series will transition into the Briarwoods arc from the stream, which I don't know what any of that means, but if you do, no. congratulations. But <laughs> that's, I mean, $5 million for a project in two days Wow. on Kickstarter, that's amazing. I don't think I've of anything making that much so quickly yeah yeah so i don't know who they, the thing is did I, you know i had the starter kit did you have the starter kit growing up yeah i played D&D. did you know anybody you played so you knew people that played yeah i didn't know anybody that played none of my friends wanted to play dungeons and dragons no no they don't want to play with you i'm sorry oh, no, no 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 you're right you know it's it's <laughs> the people that i play with they were my my close close friends and the funny thing is that 
you knew if you had more people it'd be more fun we just never talked about it though. we didn't we didn't go to school and be like oh yeah remember that you know what we did it was always on the down low we never never talked about it you know so it's it's always been it's only recently since we started this podcast i i found out that you were creating characters with dungeons and dragons you know i was like wow i never knew that about you yeah and i the thing was my friends i didn't have a lot of like geek friends that read comic books like i did and stuff like that yeah i had friends that you know we rode bikes and we we did crazy stuff but they weren't you know when it came to the comics stuff like that that was kind of something i just did on my own right so that's why i probably didn't have anybody to play dungeons and dragons with but then there was a because remember they had a dc and a marvel heroes too where you created superheroes oh yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely i had both of those boxes too yeah yeah yeah, DC Marvel. There's even a, a TSR made an Indiana Jones version, which I have also. I have all my of Marvel books you also. Have it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're fun to play. But uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. Especially if you make up your own house rules, too. It makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, so yeah, I just didn't. I mean, I knew Dungeons and Dragons was big, and I knew it was. But man, 5 million two days. That's good for them. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, there's a huge <laughs> Wait, following, let me man. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, I know the answer's going to be. Uh, what would you donate to a Kickstarter for them to do a cartoon series or some kind of other media for? Boy, that's a dumb question. I know. As soon as I started, to, like <laughs> I know you're gonna say, we just talked about Indiana it, like Jones a... cartoon oh, with a Harrison Ford impersonator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or or if they if they brought back. Okay, if they brought back Spider Man, how much how, how much would you donate as an individual donator Dude, to I something? Don't, like? I don't. Because don't they give out like little little tiers? You know, you oh, donate five hundred, you're gonna yep. like uh, like touch Harrison Ford's hair. <laughs> or <right>. What? <laughs> what about five hundred dollars and you get uh, an anime, an original animation cell? Oh, they don't do cells anymore. It's all digital. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. If they did like uh, like a numbered Harrison Ford signature on on a something, I don't know. How about how about for five hundred dollars, you get a personal voicemail uh greeting you know like when someone calls your phone oh yeah from from the harrison ford impersonator as <laughs> indie <laughs> come on is that, that worth 500 dollars for you no but that is pretty cool though <laughs> 200 <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yeah 200 yeah every, sure yeah yes he's got a price yes 300 yeah no Three, two, oh, come let's move on come on find your number <laughs> <laughs> i want to see how high how much i can get out of you yeah 200 all right good yeah no 200 in the sense that i know my wife won't kill me that bad i'll be mostly dead but not completely dead just long enough to hear the voice message (laughs) (laughs) okay all right congratulations dungeons and dragons (laughs) on all your success yeah (laughs) alan remember the new mutants movie that was supposed to come out this year oh my god it was like two years ago we talked about this yeah well, it's it's scheduled for August, but apparently they have even have mm, they haven't even done their reshoots yet. Oh, which remember we talked about them having to reshoot half the movie, so they haven't even started that yet. So, with the Fox Disney merger almost complete, it's pretty suspect that this thing will ever come out. Well, it's gonna come out, but they're not sure if they'll make it to the big screens. It might debut on Disney Plus or maybe Netflix or some other streaming service. Um, which is kind of sad because I was kind of looking forward to the unions. Um, but that just, I think that just goes to show that they really, Disney really wants to start fresh with the mutants. Hmm. Once they get those rights, to, you know, they're going to recast everybody, write their own stories. Sure. Uh, so incorporate them into the, into the Marvel universe as, as yeah. quickly as possible. They have to put their Disney stamp on them. Yeah. And, but it's weird that they have a sort of reshoot, especially, you're right, we, we talked about them a few times last year, but yeah. it took quite a few months before we talked about Last time we talked about New Mutants was we were talking about the reshoots, which they haven't even started yet. So I honestly totally forgot about that movie until you brought it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, all right. Wait. Jonathan, the Black no. Widow show that's coming out on Disney Plus, Disney streaming. We have Scarlett Johansson returning, uh, playing that iconic role. We also have Emma Watson to star opposite Scarlett Johansson. Do you have any idea who she may be playing? Uh, I would say there was a period in the comic books because the whole thing is the, these females were trained by Russia to be the ultimate spies. Yes. And so she'll probably play someone that was, you know, one of her, one of her compadres, compatriots. Right. Yeah. 
But in the comics, there was another Black Widow who's blonde. I remember that one, yes. Yeah, so I wonder if, if she'll be her. That was my first thought. For I sure. can't remember her name, though, but... Yeah. Either that or she'll just be someone in the program with her, maybe their arch. Because, look, what does Marvel do with their, especially their origin stories? They're, the person they fight is always just the evil version of themselves, you know? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Iron Monger, Loki, yeah. Red Skull, right. you know, Yellow Jacket, you know what I'm saying. Killmonger. So, Ooh, yeah, we're going to have like a spy versus spy action going then. Like yeah. from Mad Magazine. That'd be sick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's probably going to be that. All right. Well, good for Which her. Which would be awesome. I, you know, I don't know that she's ever been in. I guess Harry Potter's considered action, but not really. But. You know, let's see her do flips and stuff like that. Some kicking, some karate. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how Emma Watson do. She seems a little not frail, but I don't know that Emma Watson is. What's the word I'm looking for? Let's say strong. She doesn't athletic. seem athletic. Yeah, she doesn't, she, seem, right. yes, she doesn't seem as athletic. Like Scarlett Johansson, you can see her being athletic, but I don't know. Well, maybe she'll bulk up or stunt double, dude. That's all. That's yeah. true, too. Yeah. What am I talking about? Hollywood's pretend? What? what? <laughs> Ooh. All right. All right. Quick right. Alan. What? They're making a new animated Scooby-Doo movie for the theater, and it's going to be called Mystery Inc. Oh, that's Now, cool. that in itself isn't big news, but the main villain is... Well, I have some voice cast uh, news, and the main villain of the movie... Which kind of makes people think that Hanna-Barbera is creating a shared movie universe. So, Mystery Inc. is scheduled for a 2020 release. It will star Will Forte as the voice of Shaggy. Gina Rodriguez as the voice of Velma. Frank Welker, who's very, Welker, who's very well known in the animation industry, will be Scooby. Uh, and then Tracy Morgan will be Captain Caveman. So, that's our first <laughs> little clue about a shared... You know, that's perfect casting. That is perfect uh, casting. That's our first little hint of a shared universe because I, as you know Captain Caveman was not part of the Scooby gang right uh, and the villain will be Dick Dastardly who was not a Scooby villain he was a the wacky the wacky racers villain. he was like the dog right. no that was Muttley oh on. that was Muttley that's right that's right <laughs> oh interesting yeah so uh, I mean that makes sense with the cartoons I think having a cartoon shared universe is much easier than yeah. the live action absolutely universe. So, but they already did that already with the Life Olympics. You remember the Life Olympics? Yeah. Where all the characters from the cartoons on ABC, NBC, and CBS all went against each other in Olympics. Listen, <laughs> man, at, they're digging deep. They're they're really tapping to these really old classic cartoons to do something current today. But yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean, we talked we talked last year about the. Uh, the Jeremy Mill serials share universe. So oh, they're right. gonna do that to do anything. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Alright. All right. All right. <laughs> Jonathan, Ghostbusters 3 is coming out and they finally have rounded out their cast. Ernie Hudson is confirmed to come back to play his role of Winston Zedmore in Ghostbusters. Woo! Woo! So Bill Murray's coming back, Dan Aykroyd, and you got Ernie Hudson. And the guys are what about Andy What about Andy Potts and Rick Moranis? Oh. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. Are you excited about this? Uh, yeah. Well, let me see you travel first, because I was excited about the female Ghostbusters. You were? So, yeah. Okay. Was, uh, look, Ghostbusting Bustin makes me feel good. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was excited to see it, but I was disappointed about the movie itself. Yeah. So, yeah, let, let me see you travel for this bad boy. I'm sure... If Bill Murray's his old self and Dan Aykroyd, and, you know, it's good to see Ernie Hudson back. I'm sure it's hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, a nice nostalgic feel to it. So this movie's coming out July 10th, 2020. So we still got some time for them to work things out. Yeah, we have a little bit of time, year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Alan, Mike Diodato. I hope I'm saying that right. Mike Diodato, the famed artist for Marvel Comics is leaving Marvel after 24 years with them. I, wow. I didn't realize he'd been there so long. Yeah. 95. Well, first of all, that means he started in 95, and that 95 was 24 years ago. That's oof. Wow. Anyway, so um, after a, a series called Savage Avengers, that'll be his last work for Marvel. He's moving on to do some creator-owned uh, stuff. Um, 
probably most famous for stints on Hulk, Incredible Hulk, Thor, Spider-Man, uh, and almost every Avengers title. Avengers, New Avengers, Dark Avengers, all uh, for a long time being Brian Michael Bendis's partner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guy that's good. Art. Yeah, he, he's good. Yeah, he, he's really good. And it's you, you kind of um, take for granted that he's been with them for so long because you're just so used to seeing his art and that consistency there. But he's, yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys that he was big with when he started are have moved on to other things or kind of fallen out of, I don't want to say favor, but like their, their art style isn't as appreciated anymore as it used to be. But 24 years is a long time in the comic business. Oh, absolutely. For one company, yeah. Wait, isn't that risky going out on his own, doing his own thing? Um, well, I don't know what his finances are, but I mean, if he made the decision, he's probably he's right. probably okay with it. Sure. And I got to be honest with you, a lot of these comic books are getting crowdfunded, too. Hmm. You know, where they'll, they'll put up an idea and, and people will crowdfund it and they'll start making it and publishing it. So it's almost, you know, you put up, I have to, you know, if I get this many orders, I'll do the book. So it's, you're pre-selling anyway, so <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot of risk. You know, it's not a lot of risk there, is there? No, not really. Yeah, people yeah. are pre-pre pre, pre-ordering. So, there you, go. you know, I enjoyed his art. Right. Yeah. Good. Jonathan, Rainbow Six Siege. Oh. I keep talking about this stupid game all the time. I have it for the Xbox. They have their latest download, Burnt Horizon, coming out today. Uh, this is the Australian season, so you can get a lot of operators from down there, down under. New map is coming out and more. So Rainbow Six Siege, I think this they're in their third year right now. I think it's season three already. This game just keeps chugging along. If you don't have it, Amazon.com at 23 bucks gets you right in. 23, that's it? Yeah, the game's been out for a while, but what I like about it is that uh, every season they've been putting out fresh new content, new maps. You know they they keep dialing in that game. It's it's almost it's almost a little too detailed. You know, like so if you shot a like forty five bullet into a wall, which is a fatter bullet, and you shot like a nine mil next to it, which is a smaller bullet, you actually see the bullet hole size difference between the two. Not that it really makes oh, anything wow, when you're playing the game, but I mean that's how detailed they're getting. That's just impressive. Or is it as detailed they're getting or as bored they're getting? <laughs> hey, each season costs. So they, they do each season that you pay for, like if you want the new content, it's like 30 bucks, I believe. So if, if you got a lot of people playing a game and people pay, uh, paying for these uh, season passes, they're going to, you know, these guys got work to do. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Good. Quickie. There you go. Yeah. Alan, I got some weekend boxes, box office numbers for you. Cool. Here, look, I got three, four, four, four. Okay, Johnny Carson. All right, weekend box office. Uh, where is it? Oh, here it is. Okay, How to Train Your Dragon 1 to, one to Weekend, How to Train Your Dragon 3, with $30 million for $97.6 million total. Um, second was Medea Family Funeral, or I guess that's what it's called. Is debut weekend, so it's made 27 million, and third place was Alita Battle Angel, 7.2 million for a total of 72 million dollars. Wow! Uh, expected to be upended this weekend by Captain Marvel. Nothing else is opening against it. Nothing big, I don't think. Yeah. So expect Captain Marvel to take number one this weekend. Absolutely. Quick. Quick. Speaking of Captain Marvel, Jonathan. Uh, Fandango has just said that Captain Marvel has their highest sales of advanced ticket sales since Infinity War. To give you an idea, uh, let's see. They expect Captain Marvel to track for a $350 million worldwide opening. In comparison, Infinity War opened with $641 million globally. So, highest since Infinity War, but not nearly close to the big movie. Okay, I think it's gonna make less. What do you think? Make less than three hundred fifty million worldwide. Yeah, I don't know because you know China loves the Marvel movies and they they do China. You remember China is responsible for our, most of the bo- box office for um, a lot of these bigger movies. Like, I th- wasn't Infinity War only like, made like one point one billion, right? Yeah, total, and it only made like half of not only, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think Amer- you know. I think the United States only accounted for maybe five hundred thousand, uh, five hundred million. Yeah, that's that. true. So, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, when they say you know highest pre-sale, 
since Infinity War, well, what what big movie would you have pre bought tickets for after that? Venom. You know. No, no, no. I get you. <laughs> Ant Man, The Wasp, Venom. I mean, these are things I look. I pre I pre buy so I can pick my seats. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people do that. Right. You know, I don't think that I don't think pre sell is a good gauge of a movie. Except, I mean, it's a good gauge of you know for the opening weekend, obviously, because people are pre pre buying for the opening weekend. But yeah, in terms of total box office, I don't know that that's, that's a good a good indicator. Sure. Because really, there was nothing after Infinity War that people, a lot of people felt you you need to buy your tickets for before. Right. You know, I think you get majority number of pre sales from big event movies. You know, Endgame. If they ever put these stupid things on sale, because the movie's gonna be out like tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little frustrated that those tickets aren't on sale yet. Um, that's probably going to break records left and right. Endgame. Oh, sure. And then what? And then maybe Star Wars Nine. I don't know if it'll break records, but that'll be. I mean, so you'll go from Endgame to Star Wars Nine. I don't think there will be a lot of pre-sales for mov- in between movies yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then after Star Wars Nine, who knows? Right. Okay. All right. Click it. Click it. Alan. What? The weird thing about. Disney and taking over Fox is a lot of these Fox projects are still moving forward. Most notably, Brian Michael Bendis just tweeted or Instagrammed out. Well, he he social mediaed out the news that he's still working on an X-Men movie, writing an X-Men movie uh, for Tim Miller, who did was one of the people involved with Deadpool and Fox. So until I'm assuming until the merger or takeover is complete that all fox whatever are to keep going contracts whatever because i guess they get paid first and then they write the stuff okay so so um it's quite possible he's going to write this thing you'll never see the light of day if disney doesn't want it they're not going to take it so i don't know i i'd be interested to see a brian michael Bendis movie i don't know if he's ever written a movie before but we do know he writes good comic books so i'd be curious to see it what what x and it's it was untitled so we don't know if he was working on a solo character or on the team book. And I thought Bendis was like a consultant for the first Avengers movie. Am I wrong about that? Am I thinking it of might somebody be. else? Yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe it was yeah. Mark Wake. Uh, I know it was somebody. I don't, remember, I don't remember seeing his name on anything. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Could be wrong. All right. <laughs> uh, Jonathan. Marvel is looking to cast its first openly gay superhero. And they're tagging this particular character in the uh, the comic book called wait, the, wait, wait, the, wait, what? The superhero is going to be gay, or the actor they want to cast is gay, openly gay. Uh, yes and yes. Oh, so they want an openly gay actor to play an openly gay superhero. Correct. Okay. Correct. For the cinematic universe uh, in twenty twenties of the Eternals. Now, Jonathan, the Eternals. I'm really fuzzy on this one. I I couldn't even tell you who's in this. Who's in the Eternals? Can well, you? I read they they had a yeah they had a maxi series back in the '80s, twelve issues. Uh, I think they were invented by Jack Kirby, and okay. to me they're reminiscent of the New Gods. But they're basically they lived on Earth. They fought they fought the people called the Deviants, and basically they were the the not the Kree. The Celestials came to Earth and mucked around with our DNA and created a separate race called Eternals who who had superpowers and were all beautiful and handsome and kind of looped for a long, long time. And all shoots were the deviants who were all monstrous looking and just evil. And, you know, there's no, uh, <laughs> and I didn't think it was a good book. Um, I don't remember anybody being openly gay in the book, um, but the Eternals themselves were kind of like the posh, beautiful people and they had these wonderful lives and the deviants were just, these monstrous people that hated them for the lives they led and always wanted to fight the Eternals. And they lived on Earth, you, know, you said? Yeah, they both, both. I, yeah, because huh. the humans were on the moon. Oh, so right, yeah, sure yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They're like in underground cities and stuff like that, something like some weird thing like that. Okay. Well, the studio is said to be searching, searching for an actor who physically looks like a superhero between the ages of 30 and 49. No preference over ethnicity. However, they prefer the part to go to an openly gay actor. So there you go. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, they do understand that there have been gay people in Hollywood since Hollywood began, right? I'm just saying. No, no. (laughs) I'm just just reporting the news. If the character's gay, then that I understand. 
But if they're just looking for a gay actor, I'm just like, mm, not breaking any ceilings there. Right. But okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Alan Arrow on the CW, the first CW DC show, I believe. Uh, Stephen Amell has announced on Twitter that next season, season eight, will be the last season. Not only that, it's going down from the usual 20, 21 episodes, 22 episodes from the season to just 10 episodes. So the rumor is that it will, those 10 episodes will lead them into Crisis on Infinite Earths, their year, which will be next crossover, and that we'll be saying goodbye to Green Arrow. Uh, he'll be sacrificing himself for the other CW heroes. Oh. Yeah. So, because um, it's been teased since they announced Crisis on Infinite Earths. So, yeah. So Arrow's ending after eight seasons. Um, makes sense. It's their first superhero show. They'll After that, they'll have Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. I'm missing one. Um, oh, no, I'm not missing. Oh, Supergirl. And they're coming out with Batwoman, too, soon. So, Cool. Well, that's a Those long time two. he's been on that show. Yeah, eight years. And... Of course, it'll still be known as the Arrowverse, I'm assuming, even if Arrow's off the air. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. Wicked! Jonathan, Zack Snyder is hosting a three-day Director's Cut event. Yes, he's going to try and raise money for a charity. He'll be previewing the films of Dawn of the Dead, Watchmen, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, The Ultimate Edition. Uh, Let's see, this will be at the Arts Center College of Design's Hillside Campus in California. With Dawn of the Dead screening on March 22, Watchmen on 23, Batman v Superman at 4 o'clock on the 24th. And tickets can be sold at his college. And he actually was uh, went to school there, so if, you, if you're into his movies, go watch him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, good for him. I'm glad he's giving back. Yeah. But frankly, yeah. Uh, editorial, I'm sick of hearing about the Zack Snyder set of, uh, cut of Justice League. Right. Just shut up about it already right it's, it's, it doesn't exist what I understand right I don't think so yeah no. okay alright alright Alan last year's YouTube surprise hit series Cobra Kai right. uh, dropped, dropped a huge hint on Twitter um, saying something big's coming tomorrow which leads everybody to, to believe it's the uh, season 2 trailer for Cobra Kai tomorrow being as of this recording uh, March 7th so uh, I'm excited for it. I know we did a whole show on it. We were surprised at how good it was and how much we liked Cobra Kai season one. So I'm excited for Cobra Kai season two. Oh, absolutely. That's one of the, I remember when, uh, I think we all watched it together. I mean, like at the same time and we just kept saying, holy crap, this is good. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was 10 episodes and I did it over, uh, I think I did it all in one day. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're half hour episodes, but still. Uh, yeah. I, I hope, I hope it, uh, it has the same kind of impact as the first season. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope it's hope it's better. Can you imagine? <laughs> Who would you want to see in season two that you didn't see in season one? Uh, Mr. Miyagi. There you go. Well, that ain't gonna happen. That's <laughs> no, not gonna happen. Um, Shoot. Who's the who's the who's the who's the next Karate Kid? She won two Academy Awards. Oh, Swank. Hillary Swank. Yeah. Can you imagine if Hillary Swank? Oh, what would you want? What's her name to come back? Who? Elizabeth Shue? Yeah. Oh, definitely. You kidding me? I think that's that's a no-brainer right there. She's just. I just wanted to do a quick camera where she's like, when she walks into the bar where they go every week to cry about her. Yeah. I just feel like get over it and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's thirty years later. They got it, and he's married. Daniel's married. Just stop it. Yeah, and she looks good. I, you know, I watched Death Wish last night on Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah, she still looks good. She was in it for like three seconds, right? Just about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Quick it. Jonathan. Alan. Rambo Last Blood is coming out September 2019. This is John Rambo's fifth installment of the franchise and his last one. Are you sad to see him go? No, I thought John Rambo <laughs> died years ago. <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't see. What was the last one? Just Rambo? Yeah, I was gonna say about Boa, but that's wrong. Or John Rambo? I don't know what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you watch that one? Yeah. Was it good? It was good. I mean, it's just it's just a crazy guy. I never got on board with the Rambo movies. Like first Blood, uh, yeah, first 
well, that was the first movie. First Blood was good, but it really had a definitive ending. So when First Blood Part 2 came out, I was like, what? what? And that was just so over the top with the violence and the, you know, I mean, he blows the guy up with an explosive arrow, which is awesome, but still. And um, Rambo 3, where he's fighting for the Taliban in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't see that. I really couldn't predict the future of that movie, could they? Right. Um, and the funny thing I remember about that was by the time that movie came out, I believe the Russians had left Afghanistan. So it was kind of moot. There you go. So Rambo, this is uh, Sylvester Stallone's last character there. I think we said that he was done with Creed, that he's not coming back as Rocky. Right. Any other things that he's got going? Oh, Expendables. I guess. Yeah, and Judge Dredd too. Oh, you're kidding. He's coming out with No, that? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Shot, stop or my mom will shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, Tango and Cash, I think I'd see that one. Oh, yeah. Well, gosh, they're both so old. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. So, you know, anything Jack Burton's in, I'll watch. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Quick it. Right. And finally, Alan, the Lost Boys TV show that's coming to the CW is making a pretty pretty major change to uh, the mythos. Oh, really? You want to hear what they're doing? Yeah. Well... The Lost Boys were vampires that were hunted by the Frog Brothers, right? Ethan and Alan Frog? Edgar and Alan. I'm sorry. Ethan and Alan. I'm so dumb. He was a patriot. Uh, (laughs) Edgar and Alan, as opposed to a poet. Edgar and Alan Frog. Now they're going to be hunted by the Frog sisters, Liza and Cassie. Wait, what? Yes, the Frog Brothers are going to be the Frog sisters now. Liza and Cassie Frog. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Okay. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So, if you're expecting to see uh, Corey Feldman be reprising his role as a frog brother, I'm sorry to break <laughs> your feelings, but they will not be back. Oh. oh well, you know what? What if, what if they're the parents of these kids? Oh. Huh. Well, that'd be interesting. Would you like that if, if they brought the frog brothers back as the parents and they were cousins? Well, they'd yeah. be the frog sisters and they'd be the frog cousins. They'd be cousins, yeah. Would you like that if uh, Corey Feldman was the dad and the other guy was the dad? Yeah, I don't care. Come on, man. You don't care? No. Lost Boys, dude, that's a sick... I, I mean, did you you watch Lost Boys, right? I watched the movie like once or twice in my life, yes. That's a great movie. Yeah. Come on. If you like if you liked that sort of thing. I did. All right. Mm-hmm. Alan, thus ends Quick Hits, but we have a board game review with Ellen. Hey, guys. What's up? What's up? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really good. Um, I'm really excited today. I wanted to bring up one of the classics that I really enjoyed. It was a great way to get people into board games. If you're kind of like the traditional Monopoly and Sorry and Trivia, I thought I'd bring some of those games that if you like those kind of mechanics, I can bring something in that maybe you'd like to give it a try. Okay, sounds great. So the first one I wanted to mention is Ticket to Ride. Very popular so, game. Are you guys are you guys like train fans, by the way? Yes, my favorite song is Drops of Jupiter. Oh, there you go. Well, not that train. Oh, sorry. A train train. Oh, like a choo-choo. Yeah, like a train. Yeah, you, I mean, you guys had Lionels when you were growing up, right? I mean, I'd be so disappointed to hear otherwise, right? <laughs> uh, okay, prepare to be disappointed. I had Lionel, okay, but I was such a freaking tomboy, it wasn't even funny. Oh. So, anyway, um... No, really. Wow. That's a, well, if you like trains, if you like getting into kind of like the feeling of being back in the days where the, the train rails were starting to build across the U.S., Ticket to Ride is the game for you. You're going to really like this one. It can, this one, this one could be a quick game. This could be a really long game, but I'd say it's about a half hour, maybe an hour. Plays really good between two and five. The mechanic is really easy. Just use the cards, you collect the cards, you collect the cards' colors in order to build the rails. And the whole idea is that you draw a route, and that route you have to complete. If you complete it, those are your points. If you don't complete it at the end of the game, that goes. those points go against you at the end of the game. Yeah, that sounds pretty simple. So, <laughs> hey, you know what? This, this is a really good game, man. You could Eight-year-olds would jump into this, and 108-year-olds would jump into this. This is like one of my dad's all-time favorites. Hey, Dad. I, this oh, my is, God. I think Your this dad is my listen very to our first. show? 
<laughs> oh, my dad always listens to the show, especially if his favorite person's on there. Awesome. Oh. Just saying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a light game. You're going to have a lot of fun with this. They've come out with a, more additions or more flavorings to it. They even have a Pittsburgh edition. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, um, the Nordic is was made specifically for two players, so that might be kind of fun if you're interested in just one. You know, if you're you know two on one on one kind of a player, because it's always fun. It's always to get three and four people in. So I always get kind of gauge games whether or not I like it, especially if two players get in on, and it's a lot of fun. But I digress. You're gonna really like this one. I would highly recommend it. it even comes out on the iPad. I can't put it down. If I'm just bored, I, I'll pick it up and just play it right on my phone, honestly. Just when uh, easy to play, you can play, easy to teach. You can play it by mm-hmm. yourself? On my iPad, yes. Oh, wow. Question. Yes. Ticket to Ride. This is a very popular game. Every time I go to Barnes & Noble, I see it there. What is it about this game? You know, because I, I just looked this game up. It came out back in 2004. What is it about this game that you think... You know, why is it so popular after all these years? It's easy to learn. Um, and like I said, I mean, any just about any age will pick it up. You can play it and be very strategic. You can also be very cutthroat. Or you can just, you know, be happy, merry, and play alongside of everybody. Kind of depends on the, the crowd that you're playing with. But I would say it's just an easy, and then it's another one of those, okay, I know a better way to play it next time game. It's, but it's not really complex. It's a very lightweight game, you know. It's it's, but you it's still a little bit of strategy in there and, and a little bit of planning. But the mechanic is very very easy. You just pick the cards, the color cards pertaining to the route that you want to complete, and then you put the cars down, and then you score at the end of the game. So, so basically, it's you know a fun. game for this anybody. I would put this one. Now I've been doing card games for a while for as far as a review, but Ticket to Ride is a little bit bigger. It's it's not. Not necessarily going to be a uh, um, take it to take it the restaurant sort of game to put down, mm. but it's it's totally worth it. It's not a terribly long game, but it's it's a great it's great fun. Very cool. And so, Ellen, anyway, I had some good news for you, by the way, guys. I had to tell you really quick. I am back over at uh, Chartier's Houston uh, Library again. Actually, I'm going to be there this weekend. Got a number of folks showing up there this weekend. I'm going to be um, serving meatballs. Okay. All right. Take it to ride. Thanks, Ellen. Thank you so much, guys. Can't wait for the next one. So my look ahead (laughs) for you guys for next time is Settlers of Catan. Oh, I've heard of that. Excellent. This is this is a classic. This goes right up there with Scrabble. This goes even right up there with Monopoly. Monopoly came out as the American version of re- resource management. Settlers of Catan is along the same lines. So I'd be happy to get, share that with you guys. And that's all I'm going to tell you right now. All right. Until next time. So anyway, right. my web, get on my mailing list. Find out what I'm doing. Find me on geeksnightcafe.com and find out what I'm doing and. I hope to meet you in person. No, you've met me already in person. Wait, oh, you're yeah, talking to the audience. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're you're standing me up in a, a you know this time in April. No, so I'm, I'm in not... April. No, I'm coming in April. Oh, you are. Alan's standing me up. Yeah. Yes. I hate. That's right. I hate Alan. I forgot. <laughs> I, I was supposed to say that. Join the club. Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan paid me a, like twenty bucks to say that. <laughs> yeah, like I needed to pay you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> the hell! All right, thanks, all. We'll talk to you next time. All right, guys. Thanks again. Bye bye. All right, uh, thanks, Ellen and Alan. Thus ends Ellen's board game review, and thus ends another episode of The Week in Geek. This is Alan signing off. This is Jonathan saying, "You stay classy wherever you are."